those annoying robocalls. You get them. I get them. We all get them. Hello, my name is Alexa Miles. This is a notification call from our department at Tax Debt and Financial Settlement Services. For years now, we've been promised that new technology would save the day and solve the problem. But the phones keep ringing. Why is that? And is there anything you can do about it? I'm Herb Weisbaum, the Consumer Man, a contributing editor at Checkbook.org. Welcome to Consumerpedia. At Checkbook.org, we're the nonprofit that helps consumers select services, avoid trouble, and save money. Because we don't accept any advertising or take money from any business we recommend, you can rely on Checkbook.org to be completely independent and objective. Now, here's the host of Consumerpedia, America's consumer expert, the consumer man, Herb Weisbaum. In this episode, a look at why technology isn't working, what, if anything, can be done, and things you can do to protect yourself when you get a robocall that's designed to scare you into action. Few people know more about robocalls than our guest, Aaron Foss. Aaron is the CEO and founder of Nomo Robo, a call blocking service that was started in 2013 after Aaron won the robocall challenge run by the Federal Trade Commission. That's when I first met Aaron, who has dedicated his life to stomping out these roaches. Aaron joins us from corporate headquarters on Long Island. Did I say that right? You got it. So you track what's going on in real time through Nomo Robo. How would you describe the situation right now? Look, robocalls are always going to be an issue. But the the good news is we've actually seen a decrease since the uh, high point a couple of years ago. So a huge dip during COVID. Unfortunately, in the last couple of months, it's actually back on the rise. And we're not only talking spam calls, but we're talking spam text, right? Yeah, it's spam calls. It's spam text. It's coming through Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp. There's so much spam all over the place. And these are just criminals that are trying to scam you out of your money. I want to play a robocall you sent me that's supposedly an offer to buy your house. Let's listen and then tell me what's going on here. Hello, this is Christine, and I'm calling about your property here at Valrave Drive in Chandler. And are you interested in selling this? So, Aaron, it doesn't sound like the robot voice we're used to. This was a live call, but it's still a robocall. Why is that? Yeah, so many people get confused. They think that robocalls have to be automated, right? That that kind of robotic voice or an actual recording. Um, in this case, you can hear it's a, a real person, but that call was actually made by an auto dialer. It's probably a call center that's overseas and still pumping out tens of thousands of these calls every single minute. And then they have live operators that just answer each call, say the message that they want, and then move on to the next victim. So by the fact that a computer is dialing the call, that by definition makes it a robocall. That's exactly right. The way that it's called, it doesn't matter if it's a pre-recorded message, if it's a live person, uh, but again, you know, technology interconnects us all. So it doesn't even matter where the call center is. You can find really inexpensive workers to go and just say people's names, call over, over and over. Again, in the case of the real estate, actually knowing the person's address and seeing if they can uh, take advantage. Now, I can't believe President Joe Biden's making calls for Publishers Clearinghouse, but you sent me the recording. Let's take a listen. Good day. This is Joe Biden, the 46th president of the United States of America. This call that you're receiving was requested by Roman Powers with the Publishers Clearinghouse. Now I'm contacting you to confirm with no doubt that you are indeed a selected winner of $20 million. All right, what's up with this? So as if you can guess, that's actually not the real Joe Biden. We call that a deep fake. So what they've done is they've taken all of these audio samples of the president, which there are tons of them. They build what's called a machine learning model, which kind of understands his speech patterns. And then you can go and give it any text that you want, and it will read it in Joe Biden's 
voice. But let's be clear, this is not an impersonator. This is artificial intelligence that could be used for deep fakes that are a lot more serious, maybe giving out false information about the election or about the war in Ukraine or whatever. It's absolutely right. These are sophisticated techniques. Gone are the days of just kind of like the dumb criminals blasting out just messages. And you've even heard, you know, this is the IRS. And you can kind of tell it immediately. Now they're turning to artificial intelligence, these machine learning models. And it might be to the point where if they can get any kind of sample of anybody's voice, they can call you from your friend, your spouse, your family. You know, luckily we're not there yet. Right now it's just uh, famous figures, but we're probably only a couple of years away from that. I had one the other day where the it was a recording clearly, but there was a pause, like there's a pause where you can answer then, are you there? I mean, that's getting pretty sophisticated. Yeah, so these robocalls are called avatar robocalls. And it's kind of a combination of a automated pre-recorded call as well as a live messenger. There's a call center that's usually overseas and they have tons of people that are sitting behind a computer with a soundboard. And it has all these buttons basically with different responses. So the auto dialer makes these tens of thousands of calls. When somebody picks up, it's sent to the person's uh, desk that are listening with headphones and they're pushing buttons and asking, hello, right? Oh, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Can you say that again? And so it sounds like there's artificial intelligence but really all it is is a person behind the scenes, you know, pushing buttons. But the the real advantage for the criminals for using this is you don't hear the call center noise, you know, that telltale giveaway when you answer the phone and you hear the phones ringing and the, the chatter in the back, it's perfectly silent. And they're responding in a way that makes it sound like it's a real person. If the victim on the other end actually, uh, you know, falls for the scam, then they will be transferred to some, even sometimes a onshore, right, in a domestic call center where the supervisor will kind of like finish the scam. So that's the key about this whole interconnected network. You don't know where the calls are coming from. You don't know where they're being answered and you don't know where they're being sent to, but you do know that they're trying to steal your money. So the big question here is why hasn't new technology stopped the flood of these calls and what can you do to fight back? And we're going to talk about that with Aaron next. This is Consumerpedia, powered by Checkbook.org. Checkbook can help you make a smart decision when you use local service providers. Whether you're buying a bike, choosing a new dentist, or hiring a plumber or electrician, our advice is always free. Ratings of local services are available with a subscription in these seven metro areas. Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, Seattle, San Francisco, Minneapolis-St. Paul, and Washington, D.C. If you live in one of these seven areas and haven't joined Checkbook yet, check us out. Get a free 30-day subscription by going to checkbook.org consumerpedia. So the FCC keeps telling us that it's cracking down on robocalls. It's required a new technology called Stir Shaken to detect spoof calls and then block them or at least identify them as likely spam. And yet, Aaron, the phones keep ringing. What's going on? So I guess just like COVID itself, right? We're never going to eradicate this problem, right? This is now the world that we live in. I can only imagine what the robocall and, and robotext problem would be like if the FCC wasn't integrating new technologies, if the carriers weren't actually labeling things spam likely, scam likely. If companies like Nomorobo weren't actually making apps and services available for your phone that were stopping this, this would probably be completely out of control. You know, the 99% of all calls would be unwanted. There's no one magic bullet that's going to solve this issue. Again, the good news that I can say is a couple of years back, we were cresting over 42% of all calls 
on the United States phone network were these unwanted and illegal calls. Now they're a more manageable 28%, but let's just round here, right? That still means that every third time your phone rings, you don't want to talk to that person. And they're going to keep doing this as long as it keeps working, right? That's exactly right. Super sophisticated, super organized. And again, everybody's just getting taken advantage of by this seemingly pervasive problem. Now, these calls often tell you to push a button to get on their do not call list. And of course, because they're crooks, they don't have a do not call list. So it's not going to do you any good anyway. They don't have a an individual do not call list. They don't care about the government's do not call list. And I, I hear this all the time, right? Well, I'm on the do not call list. Why do they still call me? These are criminals. They're not going to be respecting any anyone. They're just going to be blasting out these phone calls and they're going to be calling you and calling you and calling you until you pick up. So let's just talk about the National Do Not Call Registry for just a second. A lot of people call it a failure because of all these robocalls. I don't think that's fair. It has kept honest telemarketers from calling. If you get on the list and tell them you don't want to have a call, as you pointed out, the guys making these robocalls are crooks. They don't follow the law. Do you think it still makes sense to put yourself on the Do Not Call Registry? The Do Not Call Registry nowadays is just an old technology, right? It was created decades ago for uh, legitimate telemarketers. This is back in the, the late 90s when this new thing called telemarketing was coming around. Um, so yes, it does help those companies, right? If you don't want to get a call from uh, you know Chase or Bank of America, yes, it does help there. But even now, if you go and look at some of the documents that you sign when you open up a new bank account or you know rewards card or anything, look at the fine print. You're basically signing that away. You're giving them permission to call you with an automated call or a text message. So does it hurt? No, but it was really created to solve a different problem. The big problem nowadays are these criminal organizations that are making robocalls that are really just trying to scam you out of money. So let's explain to folks, how does Nomo Robo, how do these other call filtering apps work? What exactly do they do? Yeah, so Nomo Robo specifically, I could talk to our technology, right? We're seeing hundreds of millions of calls from all of our users across the United States. And from that, we can start to detect these signals. Hey, is that a new number that we've never seen before? Is a new number calling uh, way too many people in way short of a time? Uh, we've also built a, a technology called a honeypot, which is over 350,000 phone lines that we control. And nobody should be calling them. They're all you know out of service numbers that people have gotten rid of their landlines because they were just so overrun with robocalls. These are all signals that are feeding into our algorithm. And then it's detecting that reputation of that phone number. And then we're hanging up on that call for you. We're, we're basically using the same technology that the robocallers are using, but we're using it against them. And I don't have anything on my landline phone because there's really not a lot to get the old-fashioned copper line from the telephone company. But I do have a VoIP line, a voice over internet technology phone, and I have Nomo Robo on that. And when it's a robocall, I hear it ring once and then it uh, hangs up. It lets me know you filtered out the call. So you're actually like the call is going back to you and you're checking it and then you're hanging up on it. Is that what's going on? That's exactly right. So we're supported on VoIP carriers. So if you get your telephone service from your cable company or a uh, something like Vonage or something, we're completely supported. The old uh, copper lines, right? The, the carriers don't want to support those. They want to get people off of them, right? transfer it over to VoIP. They don't want to support it anymore. But on the VoIP side, you type in a, an access code, you put in a, an access number, and we're able to see all of the calls that come in. And then we're able to answer that and hang up for you. We don't interrupt the call. We don't listen. We can't record anything. But seeing who it's calling and where it's calling from, where it's calling to, is able to uh, enough data for the algorithm to yeah be able to answer it, hang up for you, and let you get back to dinner. You just have to sit there and uh, not even worry about it anymore. 
So I've been covering this issue for more than a decade now, and I know you've testified several times in front of Congress. Do you believe the mobile carriers are now doing enough? Are their programs working? Are their algorithms helping bring down the volume of these robocalls and robotexts? I think that every company that's involved in this whole ecosystem can always do more, right? But I will give them credit. Now you're seeing most of the carriers are labeling. So it says spam likely and scam likely. That's nice, but people don't want labels. They don't want more information. They want the calls to stop. But for various reasons, right, regulatory and you know, liability wise, the carriers are still very hesitant to block the call, to actually stop the call, right? What if it is a good call that needs to get through? What happens if some, you know, legitimate organization's number is now getting a bad reputation? You need to use software like Nomorobo or one of the competing robocall blocking apps. We feel that, you know, we're acting as a, an answering service for you. We're your secretary. We're going to be stopping all these calls. Uh, you, you understand the risks and things, which we feel are incredibly, incredibly low. And you want the benefit of just being able to go on and live your life and not have to worry. You know, it's always silly. It's a spam likely or scam likely. Just stop the call. If you know that, don't even put it through to my phone. And let's be clear, the FCC has ruled, clearly ruled, that it's okay for the telephone companies to block these calls. 100%. There is nothing that is standing in the carrier's way of taking a heavier hammer here and a heavier hand. It's just a choice that they are making that they're doing the basics and then they're leaving it to companies like us to take over the bulk of it. Say the word robocalls and people groan, but there are some good ones like the one that tells you your prescription's ready at the drugstore or your flight's going to be delayed. Should I worry that these calls are going to be blocked by services like Nomo Robo? Not all robocalls are bad. There are actually a lot of ones that are good. And especially what we've been seeing a lot is on the robotext side. Yeah, that's the part that's, I think, frustrating for everybody is there's these are really great tools when they're put into the hands of people that use it responsibly. And when you take these tools and put it into the hands of people that use it irresponsibly, you get the mess that we have here. So again, speaking for Nomorobo, our technology, we have a very, very low false positive rate. If there's ever a call that either gets through because it's a bad robocall or it's blocked because it's a good robocall, just report it over to us. And within a couple of hours, it's off and you've now helped everybody on the network. So looking down the road, do you ever expect things to get better? Will there be a technology developed to do more to hang up on these annoying calls and texts or is it sort of where we are right now? I think it's just going to be endemic now, right? Like we just have to live with this. This is the way it's going to be. Even um, think about like email spam. It hasn't completely gone away. If you go and look in your spam folder, it's still full. It's just that the tools have gotten much better. So you're not interrupted by it every single day. And I think it's going to be happening Yeah, on the voice side. It's been kind of neglected on the, the robocall side, the robo text side, the more and more text messages that are coming through and marketing messages. And it's, it's going to creep in everywhere. You're using Skype, you're using Slack, you're using Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, Instagram, right? Criminals are going to find a way to infiltrate every place that you communicate with someone and try and steal stuff from you. Before we let you go, talk to folks about what the Nomo Robo services are. I know you have one for, as we mentioned, for internet telephones. You also have one for mobile devices. The internet telephone is free. The mobile devices cost. Uh, right. We started with a, kind of our flagship is protecting those VoIP landlines. We feel that that's really uh, a lot of older people have it. People have house phones and everything. Let's get those people protected. Then three and a half years ago, we came out with our, uh, what we're calling now Mo uh, Nomo Robo Basic. This is our mobile product for Android and iOS. And what we do is we're pushing our block list 
to the device every 15 minutes. And that works pretty well, and it worked much better a couple of years ago. And now that they've gotten much more sophisticated, we're launching a, a product called Nomorobo Max on May 16th of 2022. And this is complete protection from all unwanted robocalls. We do a lot of, we are at the network level, we're at the device level, we're scanning it, we're giving it transcriptions, we're giving you this little call screening, and it's really pretty exciting. So if anybody wants to go and try that out, yeah, it has a two-week um, trial on both of them. Basic is less than two bucks a month, and max is just about $4 a month, and you can get a whole family plan so you can protect your friends and family all under one account. So we are super excited about this. I really think that it's going to go down in history as the product that finally solved this problem. Well, that would be nice. If you want to find out more, go to nomorobo.com, N-O-M-O-R-O-B-O, as in no more robo. Aaron, keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Herb. It's been a pleasure. Straight ahead, a look at some of the top scams that start with robocalls, how they work, and how to spot them. This is Consumerpedia, powered by Checkbook.org. Consumerpedia Fast Facts. Robocalls started in the early 80s when computer technology made it easy and cheap to make these calls. According to Wikipedia, the first political robocalls were launched in 1983. Except for an emergency, robocalls and texts are not allowed to cell phones unless you've given prior written consent. While debt collectors use robocalls to contact you on your landline, they cannot do this on your cell phone without permission. You know, these days we're all focused on cyber scams and for good reason. And yet some of the most successful cons for the criminals start the old fashioned way on the phone. Let's remember, robocalls and robotechs are designed to lure you into the fraudster's trap to steal your money or personal information, or both. Amy Nofsker with the AARP Fraud Watch Network knows all about that. They warn people about the scams and work to help victims. It's a great service. Amy's joining us today from Denver. Hi there, Amy. Hi, thanks for having me. So why is the phone so successful? Why do these robocallers keep calling and spam texting? Well, they keep doing it because you said it. They are successful. They're making millions, if not billions of dollars off of these scams. And most of us have a phone. And not only do we have a phone, we have a phone on our person at most times of the day. So they certainly know how to get a hold of us and they know how to reach us. So that's why they keep doing it. And they know how to push the buttons to get us to respond. As I was getting ready to talk to you today, I got a robocall supposedly from Amazon that this big order for an Apple product had just been charged to my account. And I knew what they were trying to do was to get me to in some way shape or form contact them to get my personal information dear customer this call is from amazon customer support this is to notify you regarding your today's purchase on amazon.com you have been charged 379 dollars and 99 cents on your visa card they really do have a great way of getting you to respond right away you're absolutely right and that amazon scam in particular is one of the most popular um, imposter robo scams that's happening right now we've had victim lose tens of thousands of dollars to that scam and you know and oftentimes we'll hear victims say well how do they know i just made an amazon order well they really don't. They're just casting a wide net, knowing that many of us, especially during the pandemic, were using Amazon and other services like that to make purchases. So it's just all a coincidence. But again, nobody wants to have these significant charges on their account, and we bite into their scam. And even if we didn't order something from Amazon, maybe we worry that someone did with our account, so we want to call anyway. Absolutely. We think maybe someone opened up an Amazon account in our name. So it puts us in that fear. We respond to fear, and 
we call them, and the next thing you know, we're doing exactly what they want us to do. According to a study by Truecaller, which is one of these services that helps block robocalls, between June 2020 and June 2021, Americans lost nearly $30 billion with an average loss of $500 per victim to a scam that started with a robocall. So indeed, we're talking about a lot of money here. We're talking about a lot of money here because most of us think it will never happen to us. We won't be a victim of this scam. But certainly with billions of dollars being lost like that, it's happening to a lot of us. And there's a lot of different robocall scams, but T-Mobile says that half the 21 billion scam calls it blocked were for car warranty scams last year. That seems to be the number one on everyone's list. And if you haven't gotten one of those calls, then you probably don't have a phone. But run down what they're trying to do here. Certainly. So with the car warranty scams, they'll call you and they'll say, you know, something like, hi, Amy, you know, this is so-and-so from Car Warranty Services. We see your warranty is up. And so we're going to offer you this great opportunity. Um, it's the low, low price of this. And oftentimes, many of us, you know, that do have vehicles, we don't know if we have a warranty, if it's current or not, if it's manufacturer, whatever. But what we do know is that we need our cars and we need them in good shape. So again, this is one of those scams that puts us in that kind of stressful ether where we just react to the pressure of, oh my gosh, I have to get this now. So from what we've heard from victims that have purchased these car warranties is oftentimes they don't even know that there is basically no warranty behind it until they try to use it. So they've paid for something that has so many terms and conditions to it, or maybe their dealership or their manufacturer doesn't even take that car warranty. So if you get one of these calls, do not respond and hang up the phone. Another one to do that with is if you get a call from the Social Security Administration that says anything's wrong with your account or anything dealing with your account. Yeah, the Social Security imposter scam has been probably in our top 10 for many years now of these imposter scam calls. You know, they put the fear in you again. They say that your social security number was either used in a crime and you need to pay money to get it resolved or they're going to come and arrest you right now or that there's something wrong with your check. You know, and that puts the fear in us that they have to act quickly. Just know that the Social Security Administration will not call you like this. And certainly they're never going to ask for payment in Bitcoin, any type of cryptocurrency, any peer-to-peer -peer app like Venmo, Cash App, or Zelle. And certainly the federal government does not take prepaid gift cards for any payment. And bottom line, if you're in trouble with the government, they don't give you a heads up on the phone and call you and tell you that they're on the way to their house. They just show up at your house. But what they'll do first is they'll send you a letter. That's how communications start with the Social Security Administration, Medicare, or the IRS. It's not a phone call out of the blue. Absolutely. You're so spot on. It's never a phone call out of the blue. Now, let's say this. If you have received a letter from you know, one of those entities and you are working with an agent or somebody on a particular matter, then they might call you. But that's, again, after you have received the initial communication by mail. One more that seems to be high up on the list these days is student loans. Obviously, a lot of people are worried about paying off their student loan debt. What's going on there? Well, this is one of those things where scammers uh, follow the headlines just like the rest of us do. And they know that student loan has been in the news with people paying back and stuff. So they're taking that to their advantage and calling people. And they're calling all ages, regardless if you have a student loan or not, saying that they can wipe the debt for prepayment. Um, they can help you with your credit. They can get it off your credit if somehow you've defaulted. Just, you know, 
any kind of reason to try to get you to pay them or give them personal information. If you ever get a call like this, hang up the phone, call who has your student loan debt directly and find out what they can do, but do not ever respond to an unsolicited robocall that says they can help you with your student debt. Something that's been growing over the last year or so, and it's happening a lot right now, is supposedly getting a robocall from your own phone number or a spam text message from your own phone number. That's just the bad guy's plan playing games with us to make us want to respond? Well, absolutely. I mean, if you get a text message or a phone call from your own phone number, it's going to make you stop and look at it. It's going to make you stop and think. And you're really curious about how you are calling yourself, right? right. So I've received these on my on my landline before. And it's kind of like I had flashbacks to like an 80s horror show thinking like, who's in my house? Who's calling me? And so it does lead you to want to pick up that phone and see that. But that is just another tactics the criminals are using to get our attention and to get us to pick up the phone. So let's finish with some practical advice. Three tips you have on how we can fight back. One, don't answer. Two, try filters. Three, never call back. So number one is don't answer if you don't recognize the number, right? Absolutely. And you know, there's a lot of tools on your smartphones that you can actually have any unknown number go directly to voicemail. You can set that up for free in your settings on your smartphone. That's a great way to avoid the call in the first place. And then you can go back and listen to the voicemail if you choose to. So again, if you don't want to do that, just don't pick up the phone unless you absolutely know who's calling. And you said this before, but you can't trust caller ID anymore because the bad guys can make caller ID look like anything, unfortunately. Yeah, I say, you know, use caller ID as just one kind of little thing out there that is convenience for you, but don't ever trust it because caller ID can be faked. I personally have received recently some phone calls that come in making it look like it's from Apple, making it look like it's from Amazon. I mean, they can do anything on that caller ID screen that they want to. Yeah, I just use it to screen calls. If I know it's my sister-in-law calling, I just let it ring. And nice. <laughs> so that's, nice. A, that's a good way to use caller ID. Um, and some of the filter programs you can buy, these blockers, they do actually give you an extra level of protection if you want it. Yeah, absolutely. If you're someone who's interested in one of these call blocking tools, apps or on your landline even, just do your research. Find out what their terms and conditions are. Do they get access to your contacts list? Or, you know, again, better yet, just don't pick up the phone unless you absolutely know who's calling. And if you do listen to that message and it tells you to call back and it's something weird like the IRS calling, we're going to come arrest you or social security, we're going to cut off your account. Do not engage. That is it. Do not respond. Do not engage. Do not press a button to opt out either if you're on the phone with them. But I think that having that call on your voicemail, it gets you out of that angst. It gets you out of that ether and that fear. And you are in control. And you are so in control, you can hit that little trash button and have that voicemail be deleted and never have to hear it again. And one final point, because people are always curious, they want to check it out. If you want to see if something's really wrong, go to a phone number you know belongs to that agency or that company or an email you know or their website. Don't trust anything you get in the communication if you want to check it out, because you could just be going to a bad guy in another form. Do not respond to any phone number that comes in a text message or email. That's, again, with the Amazon scan in particular, and even the PayPal one, they include phone numbers. You think you're calling the real Amazon or PayPal, but you're not. 
Also, big scam right now is fake customer service phone numbers online. So let's say you're typing in Amazon customer service in Google. It's really hard to trust that as well. So if you're looking for a customer service to check something out, always go directly to the web page of the company you're looking for and look for the contact us or find an old statement, old bill or something that has come in the mail with that phone number on it. Amy, before we let you go, tell folks about the AARP Fraud Watch Network and how we reach you. The Fraud Watch Network is a free resource for anybody of any age and you do not have to be an AARP member to utilize our services. We have the Fraud Watch Network helpline. That phone number is 1-877-908-3360. You can call and report a scam or sadly if you have been a victim of a scam you can call and get one-on-one guidance from one of our trained fraud specialists on the next steps that you need to take. Or if you're not sure about a call or an email or text you got, you could call ahead of time and proactively protect yourself, right? Oh my gosh, that would be my dream if we could get everyone to call first to check on it. If you're ever on the phone with someone and they ask you for money, ask you for personal information, something in the mail, text message, call us first. Because once the money is gone, the money is gone and it's never coming back. So call us first because we do not want you losing any of your hard-earned money. Amy, I'd like to stick around and talk to you for a while, but my time up so I gotta hang up on you. I'm sorry. No worries. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Take care. Well, that's it for this edition of Consumerpedia. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. That way, you won't miss any episodes. Another way you can support this show is to follow us at Consumerpedia on Facebook and Instagram, or at My Consumerpedia on Twitter. I'm Herb Weisbaum. Thank you for listening. Consumerpedia is a public service of Checkbook.org. We're a unique nonprofit that empowers you, the consumer, to save money and make smarter choices. From auto repair shops to doctors, plumbers to vets, you can count on Checkbook.org to help you find the best services and avoid the worst. Local ratings are unbiased and accurate. If you live in or around these seven cities and haven't joined Checkbook yet, check us out. Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, Seattle, San Francisco, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Washington, D.C. To get your free 30-day subscription, go to checkbook.org slash consumerpedia. Consumerpedia, empowering consumers to save money and make smarter choices.